You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. There's nothing rich folks love more than going downtown and slumming it with the poor. They pull up in their carriages and gawk at the students in the common just to watch them talk. Take hey, Ensemblist listeners. Mo Brady here, and this week I want to share with you an extra special conversation from my friends over at the Sparkfile podcast. Now, if you haven't heard of the Sparkfile podcast, I want you to open up your podcast app and subscribe to them right now. The Sparkfile is hosted by Susan Blackwell and Laura Kamen, two badass bitches with gobs of experience in the theater space who are obsessed with sparking creativity and inspiration in others. I'll take a page from their stump speech and share with you that a spark file is a place where one consistently collects creative inspirations and fascinations. Laura and Susan are on the hunt for fresh ideas, images, and inspiration that spark creativity and peak curiosity. Things that inspire all of us to get up off of our asses and make something. Plus, they have a kick-ass theme song that makes my butt bounce every time I hear it. I've been obsessed with the spark file since its launch last fall. But when I heard this conversation with Philippa Sue, I knew I had to share it with you guys. In this selected short, Philippa, who you probably know for originating the role of Eliza Hamilton in Hamilton, talks about the disappointment she felt during her next Broadway outing, Amelie, and the lessons she learned from it. Here's their conversation. When I bump into something that inspires me, I jump in in my spot. It in my spark fire. I jump into my spark fire. Let's open up the spark fire. I want to share something that I've learned from from you, Pipsters, in observing you is really about staying loose and having fun. So it's so interesting for me to hear that that you're like this very studious good student and you could live in that gear and the magic trick for you is to really make sure that you like cut loose and fly free mm -hmm. in your performances and have mm -hmm. fun i think you're succeeding in my, in my, in my <laughs> observation of you, you asked. we yes. did this reading of a musical called kiss me kate uh, Kiss Me Kate is a musicalization of Taming of the Shrew. And we it was were, so fun. It was crazy fun. <laughs> we did it at the public theater. Mm -hmm. Lee Silverman directed it. There was a lot of, you know, I was playing one of the gangsters. There was a lot of like non-traditional casting going on in that. I don't think that's non-traditional. For me to play yeah, one of the gangsters. I am gang. a gangster. You're an original she was great. gangster. Um, so <laughs> during this reading that we did in front of a big old invited audience, you're out in front. Do you remember this? You're out in front. Mm -hmm. You're singing something. It's a moment where all eyes are sort of focused squarely on you and you kind of lost the melody we'd only spent a week rehearsing it you've kind of <laughs> lost the melody and you were just like in this very free easy way you were sort of in front of an audience you were sort of like mm -hmm, what is it again it was so light <laughs> it was so oh full God. of laughter you were giving no fucks and it's the kind of oh. moment that i can say honestly because of my sometimes performance anxiety historically, my uh, adrenaline and cortisol issues, it might have burned a hole in my brain for days. But you were just so easy and so breezy about your imperfection mm. in this moment. And you just kept on going it. Now, do you even remember it? 
I don't. I think it's because there was. <laughs> I think it's because there was so no adrenaline or cortisol. You were just like, so "What is it again?" And the, the musical director, I think that was Vadim, was like, he was like, "This is the melody, whatever it was." And you picked right back up and you kept going. And I was like, "That's how you do it. <laughs> That's how you are free and easy." And does that give you a feeling when I describe that to you? It gives me. Yes, it gives me. It gives me lots of feelings. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm, I'm charmed because. Here's the thing about that. I don't remember that, but, and the way that it happened sounds about right. But <laughs> me 10 years ago, yes, would remember that moment. Have perseverated. Have, yeah. yes, have had anxiety about it. Yep. We'll never forget it. And also in the moment, would have probably like had like a hot flash and gone beat red and then like had like diarrhea. Adrenaline, cortisol, all of it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Not to say that that stuff didn't happen. Like there wasn't, there was things going probably going on inside of me, but what I've learned is, is my habits, my tendencies. Like this was like something that just blew my mind open when I was in school is that there were things that I had come across that were preventing me from, you know, really expanding artistically, going further, becoming a better artist, becoming a better performer. And one of my teachers said to me, look, you're not, some of these things that we're bringing up, you're always going to have to deal with. Mm. They're not going to go away. You're not going to check off a box and like Mm. finish it and it'll be done. Yeah. These are the things that are going to happen for the rest of your life. Such as? Such as, for me, a tendency to have anxiety and freak out about messing up and needing to be perfect. Uh Uh-huh. Right? So the opposite of that would be let it hang loose, right? (laughs) Find that. So that has to be a choice for me every time. Boy, you are making that Mm -hmm. choice. And maybe it'll come naturally one day or sometimes, but I can't expect it to just come naturally because I, you know, it's not a muffin recipe. You know, I didn't like check off the box and like do my due diligence mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden like I'm free and loose all the time. Like it has to be a conscious decision for me. And even further, I realized being out of school and out in the world, like how that manifests for me is when I have those moments of anxiety or those oops moments or those sort of like, you know, this is going to like end my career and my life moments the amount of time, if I can shorten the amount of time it takes for me to laugh about it later, Mm -hmm. then I've accomplished (laughs) it. It could take a couple days. Mm -hmm. It could take like a month. But if I'm sort of working towards like shortening how long it takes for me to just laugh at myself about those moments, then great. So what I was observing, and the reason why you don't remember it is because it wasn't traumatizing to you. I would Mm -hmm. put (laughs) money in that. Yeah. But what I was observing is you have, in that moment, however you got there, whatever like grace you had granted yourself before we started that reading, you had really shortened the... To, to, it was a millisecond yes. before you were like, mm-hmm. I don't know what the melody is. <laughs> yes, like you exactly. just like got right there really <laughs> totally. And it was so, to use your word, it was super charming. And I actually carry it with me. I think about it more than I'd care to admit when I am like, okay, in a moment, in a millisecond, if I fuck up, 
if I trip over my words, if I don't know what the melody is, like if I can't access what the word is that I'm trying to use, how are you going to play it, Susan? Like, and it, I really carried that watching you do that in my heart. And I was like, what would Pippa do? Pippa would be like, what is it again? <laughs> and then just the audience would laugh and, and you would just right go through. on. You yes. just go so on. Good. I love that. I'm so glad that you like that. <laughs> You're like, I'm glad I could be of service. Listen, listen if, if it can do something for someone at some point, my sort of like oops moments. You've done it. This reminds me of a topic we're slightly obsessed with on this podcast. And that topic is failure and how we process our perceived failure. Do you have a particular thing that you felt you failed at? Um, and could you talk us through how you processed it? Yeah. There's the kind of failure that happens when you're working on something as an actor and you feel like, oof, that didn't like quite happen. <laughs> that didn't like, land. <laughs> that moment or like, yeah. you know, like, oh, I couldn't quite get there. Like yeah. the emotion wasn't there. Uh, and um that's just informative to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, it's information. Yeah. Like I try and take it as not um, a, like, you know, a measure of my worth mm -hmm. and more just information about what's happening. Either, you know, like if I'm doing a really emotional scene and for some reason it doesn't get there, I think, oh, I don't really actually know what my given circumstances are mm -hmm. or... I'm really sick today and I have a cold and like, that's why I'm not really all here. Or like, I'm really nervous about um, an audition that I have. And so I'm really not, my head's not here or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's just information. Mm -hmm. Then there's the type of failure that is sort of like the outward, the, like what the world perceives mm -hmm. as failure and how I feel like I've maybe let other people down, not letting myself down, but like letting yeah. the world down in some way. Mm -hmm. And that would be like being in a show that maybe closes much earlier than we think about that. To. I did this beautiful play called Amelie the Musical, and it was the most wonderful experience. And we had a really good time making it. Yeah. And for one reason or another, or many reasons, it just didn't last. Like we ran for about five weeks on Broadway. Oh. And it's just so silly because like, yes, like it's called, a, is it technically a failure? Like, I don't know, like who came up with that term? Mm -hmm. Was it a success? I mean, if you told me I was doing a five week run of Amelie on Broadway, I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. Like limited run, limited yes. engagement. Like yes. it was a great five weeks. Yes. But that's my, my perception of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I think like with the sort of like critic outward world what do people see me as success or failure stuff is like completely unhealthy yeah that like it's a success to be able to go to broadway in the first place yes like the odds of to make it making it there yeah. Yeah. are so small anyway so like you have to take into account like all the things that you do to get to a place and then you'll come to see that like the sort of failure, whatever it is, is so much smaller than anything it did to take you to get there. How That's was right. it for you? Like when, um, I mean, we've made Broadway shows that have received, shall we say, earlier than expected closing <laughs> notices. <laughs> yeah. How was it for you to 
uh, receive that information, something that you had poured so much of your heart and soul into and something that you were literally at the center of that creative yeah. experience. You're, you are the key art for that. All the show posters, oh, you are yeah. the center of mm -hmm. it. Your name is above the title. Like yeah. how, how was it for you to receive that information and in those days, how did you process it? I didn't process it necessarily like in that moment that you were mentioning. And well, you still are working. <laughs> you still have a job to do. Exactly. Yeah. Well, but I, I think more that like, you know, that sort of what I was talking about, that moment it takes for you to laugh at yourself. Yes. Yes. That took me a while to find. Sure. A little bit longer. So, yeah. On that, that, one. that one took yeah. a little bit longer. But I did. But I did learn about letting yourself have those feelings like I was mourning it too like I wasn't yeah. just like disappointed in myself for being a failure that was like the smallest part of it like I think the biggest part was that I just wasn't going to be able to continue doing this thing that I planned on doing for a long time yeah. and put a lot of energy into and these people that I made it with I like wasn't going to hang out with anymore mm. so like there was a lot at play there so I actually like did not handle it well. I just was like very depressed and I felt like, I felt like, oh God, what am I gonna do? I made a mistake, like something went wrong. It was clearly all my fault. What am I gonna do next? What shifted it for you? Because you're not there now. Mm -hmm. <sighs> to be perfectly honest, and I hate saying this because I don't want this, I don't want this to be me. <laughs> but here we go. <laughs> but I got another job. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I felt better about myself. And yes. Life went on. <laughs> and life yeah. went on. But I was pissed at myself because I was like, look at me. Like, I just mm. got another job. Someone handed me like a thing. And all of a sudden I feel better about my life. Like, what a sap I am because I just <laughs> spent two months. Well, no, four months being like, Steve, I'm never going to work again. Oh, my God. <laughs> And then like all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I get to do this other thing. Uh, we work in such a crazy business because it is a lot about external opportunities. Uh, for many of us, it's about mm -hmm. external opportunities and when they arrive and like being available and waiting for them to show up and blah, blah, blah. But, but here we are. So that was your truth for that moment of that your was life. The truth. That was the truth then. And, and it will never be this, it won't be like that ever again because eventually I found that moment of like, ha ha, like I'm laughing at myself. Cause I, I was in, I was like an insane person. I was like, <laughs> I was like, Oh my God, this is it for me. <laughs> like nothing ever is going to happen ever again. Did yeah. you feel like in a way it was sort of cheating, like to feel better just because you got a job? And, no. Yeah. yeah. I think that's what I'm like, what yeah. I was like, you were shortcutting so, it. Yeah, I was something. so pissed yeah. at myself for it. I was, I was like, I'm better than I can be. I know my self worth. Why just, did it take somebody like giving me permission? Yeah to like be okay with having, you know, a couple months yeah. of free time. But to use yeah. your words earlier, that's information. Totally. That's mm -hmm. information in this ongoing investigation that we're all doing about ourselves and mm -hmm. creativity. Mm -hmm. That's information. And so if you, if you do have a feeling that you want it to be different next time, mm -hmm. there are ways you can influence that. Yeah. Well, to use your words again, we're just throwing all your words back. In oh your my God. Words. I love it. I love you it. Hard hitting. <laughs> Tell me everything I said. This is hard hitting journalism. <laughs> um, you said it won't happen again. Because you did learn from that experience yes. and you're yeah. determined that next time it's not going to come from external forces. You feeling better can come. Yeah. I, I think like before it happens, 
I can be conscious of it. Mm-hmm. Even if for some reason I go down that road again, like I think so many of us yeah. do in this industry where we're like, here we go again. Like I'm unemployed <laughs> and I like can't just enjoy having a, like, you know, two months off. A little downtime. Right? right. When, you know, from the previous two months, like I literally had no time. So like, I, I don't know. I just feel like um, just getting better as taking as it comes as opposed to mm-hmm. feeling like I have to prescribe a way to be. But like yes, you said, yeah. like next time it happens won't be the first time that it happens. <laughs> no, I won't. Even if it happens in the exact same way, my perception of it will be different. Yeah. You know, I like, like that. even if I'm like bummed out and blue for four months because I don't know what's happening next. And then somebody gives me a job and all of a sudden I'm happy that experience will ultimately be different because I have this perspective in my mind of like, it's not the end of the world. I'm blue about it. I want to be working. I grieve it. But also mm, free time. (laughs) The other variable that I know this is the drum that auntie Susan and Laura always bang. But the other variable that I just want to add into this mix is I think this also can be shifted by making your own work. Yes. That Mm -hmm. is another thing that can shift this is if you are somebody who knows yourself to be a creative artist, in addition to being an interpretive artist, um, there's something about knowing that, yes, I can, I, in addition to seeing what external opportunities come my way, there's a short story that I'd be interested in having made into a play that I can direct. That sort of thing also can really go a long way in shifting. It doesn't take away the pain and the grieving and the loss of having invested so much of yourself in a project that you love and having it feel like it got cut short, but it does something. It totally, it's like a little more sense of personal agency. I guess it goes with that, like what I was saying, space, ritual and experiences that sometimes space is just given to you without you asking for it. Yeah. Yeah. Like you don't have to create it for yourself. (laughs) I just meant a little space, not all this space. Right. And same same thing with the other two aspects, like your experiences and the the sort of rituals that you have, like some of them find you more than you find it. And so you just, you work with what you're given in that, in that way, you know? So if you're given a lot of space, fill it. If you're given no space, fill it. Special thanks to Susan Blackwell and Laura Kamen for sharing their interview with Philippa Sue. Like I said, this is just a portion of the full two-part interview with Pippa, and it is chock full of sparks. They have additional interviews with Gavin Creel, Sarah Borellis, and multitudes of other creative sparklers out there. So open up your podcast app and subscribe to them right now. Thanks for listening, guys. Until next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. 
Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are, leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.